You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Jason Daniels and Tony Groves. Hey, guys. Good evening. Hey there. All right, we're back to it. Let's uh, jump right in. There's a ton of topics, as we were just talking about. Uh, Richmond, final uh, race of the regular season for NASCAR. A lot of action on the track uh, this last week. Um, let's go through it. Uh, Tuesday started out the week uh, with you and e- uh, you and I, Tony. Uh, we did uh, setups. Well, we we ran a couple setups. I don't know that we tweaked on any, but... Uh, we at least did some uh, A B comparisons. Uh, what'd you think? Well, I mean that that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I don't have very much to you know, if any experience uh, running with open setups, but uh, you know, being able to to run the two and uh, doing the side by side comparison with them that was a that was a neat experience. Um, I guess uh, next up is we start figuring out how these uh, these things work. Yeah, we were trying to figure out if we were going to run the fixed set for the open, or we had this other set we found, and we were trying to see if it was better. I think I think both of us thought it was a little bit better, but not much. But I think once we got into the race, I think most of us changed our mind about it. Uh, you guys recall that? Yeah, I I, I definitely preferred the um, preferred the fixed setup, you know, over a bunch of laps than than the open one that we had. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, first race on Wednesday fixed. Uh, I ran that. Ended up uh, P19. I ended. I touched the apron at one point. Had it completely saved, and then someone just clipped me from behind. It's like they just won't check up if somebody's uh, a little slow up there. I ended up with uh, nine minutes damage. Uh, I, I soldiered on for a while, but eventually it blew up. But still a 19th after blowing up. Not too bad. Uh, then on open Thursday, no, excuse me, the open race on Wednesday, uh, I went to start that race. Uh, something was happening here at my house, and basically I didn't start the race. I missed the start. Uh, I ended up turning off the computer and didn't even take a lap. But because I was registered, it uh, you know, scored me you know, P dead last. And so big, big hit to the I rating uh, there. Um, and that's the first time I've done that in a very long time. I'm usually really good about not doing that. Um, so it happens. I mean, if you do this every week, year after year, it's bound to happen, you know, something happens and, uh, but kind of felt bad about that. Thursday fixed, a bunch of us run, uh, I ended up spinning on my own off two. I had like, uh, you know, 330 damage. I stayed on the lead lap. I eventually got that fixed after so many cautions. Um, and then, you know, close to the end, like 20 to go, got caught up in a huge wreck. Uh, P18. Uh, Tyler uh, was running our teammate, Tyler Conroy. He wins his split, eighth win this year. And uh, I actually watched the last little bit of his race and. Uh, Caught a video of him doing donuts at the end and so forth. He's really uh, coming on good. Um, I'd really like to see him get his I rating up and, and get in the first split. 
Well, the way he's going, I mean, it's <laughs> that that's definitely going to happen sooner than later. Yeah. He's kind of hovering at the same number for quite a while, even though he's been getting all these wins. Um, it's it's because he has this feast or famine thing or checkers or wreckers. We were talking about that the other day. Um, he When he win, wins, he wins. But when he doesn't, he's like, you know, a real bad finish, typically wrecked out kind of situation. Um, so that's why his I rating is not up. But I think he can compete with those guys if he gets up there. And he's also gotten real good at, at just basically calling the situation, saying, hey, I want to fit it. I want to start like third to fifth. I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush. And then you hear him call first caution, I'm in fourth. All right, second caution, I'm in fifth. Okay, third caution, I'm in third. He just knows exactly his strategy for the race, and he's getting real good at executing it flawlessly. Yeah. And I think him being on the team, too, helps. I mean, we're giving him a lot of encouragement. We're giving him little reminders. Hey, you know, keep the revs up on the restarts. Go real hard, you know, getting off pit road. A lot of people forget about that. That's a little trick that we've been working on was, it, you know, when people, they're done with their pit stop and they pull up to the pit road speed, how much time does it take you to get to pit road speed? We've been working on that. Let's make that time amount slower. I mean, I mean, uh, smaller, you know. And so uh, just go like really hard when you first drop off that jack. And get up to speed, and just that little bit more is enough to get you a spot off pit road. I mean, just little things like that have made a difference. Well, you guys ran, and you were uh, that night. You were both in another split, but we're in the same split. I think, uh, if I recall, you both wrecked out, though, right? Yeah, I uh, man, I was, I was I was having a pretty decent run, hovering right around the top ten all night. Um, this is a track that I've I've struggled stringing together a bunch of laps, but I managed to hold it together right till lap 125 after a fairly long green stretch, and uh, clipped the wall. And wouldn't you know it, who's right beside me? Uh, the leader. And unfortunately, I took the leader out, and uh, rightfully so, he was mad. <laughs> um, you know, I tried to apologize, uh, but the, he was heated up pretty good. So I felt real bad about that, but uh, in the end, I, I sat out pretty much the rest of the race, waiting for it to uh, waiting for it to repair, um, and I was able to finish up with a P12. Wow, P12 after an engine blow. Yeah, yeah, like 32 minutes of repairs. Um, I still had about two and a half minutes of repairs uh, after the race had ended. So, you know, I, was, I, I lucked out there, but I feel real bad for the leader that I took out because he was he was having a good run and he was pretty much out front all, you know, the whole race up to that point. Well, you you survived that early part of that race, uh, you know, and it was having a good run, like you said. You know, worked your way up into the top ten. You're the back half of the top ten there, and was holding it legitimately. So good run, Tony, until that happened. Now, what happened with the wreck? You were just caught up in someone else's garbage, or? Well, in, in Tony's defense, uh, what really happened, because I was kind of spotting for him at this point, uh, the leader was passing him, but Tony was taking the high line. He comes out of the turn, and Tony is stapled right against the wall as close as he can, and Tony actually ends up clipping the wall. But the leader wasn't even like a half groove down. He was right on Tony's door, gave Tony no room for error, Tony made an error, and, and they both went. 
I mean, the the leader just gave him absolutely no space at all. Yeah. And when you're passing lap cars, you got to give them a little bit of room, you know, because they're out there running their own race, you know. But uh, it's a racing incident. Obviously, neither one of them wanted that to happen. Now, Jason, I think you've blown engines twice in the same race, actually. Yes, welcome to Bottom Split. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the first one was, uh, was all me, and uh, it was also, I attribute part of it to Attack of the Missing Spotter, uh, where I, couldn't, I didn't know where cars were around me. Uh, but I, I got it loose coming out of a turn, I just completely self-spin. Uh, wasn't anything. I didn't take anyone out. I didn't even bring a caution out. I don't believe. Uh, but uh, that that was the first one. And then the second one was uh, I I had become real comfortable with the low line, uh, and the leader was coming up to lap me, and he said, "Hey, can I have the low line? Can you go high?" I said, "Sure." Well, a lap and a half after me going the high. I got it into the wall again, didn't hit anyone else, but I got it into the wall, just racing a line. I wasn't familiar with and hadn't practiced much. Uh, and that was the second engine. Uh, but in a 36 person split that still came out to be 19th. So, uh, I rating stayed intact for that race. Uh, but another middle of the pack finish with, with a wreck. And I've just got to get experience at these tracks and, um, really committed to getting some improvement uh already made a little change on what i'm doing for chicagoland but uh that was the story of my week yep i also ran friday open uh p14 slow as heck i don't know what my deal was friday uh i actually got ran over by an ex-teammate from behind uh spun out uh no damage though um I did even get ran over one more time as well. I was so tight. It was so, so, so tight. And I was just like having to just float it through the center of the corner and everybody else is already on the gas and and running me over. And that's what happened a couple times. Uh, I did spin out a couple more times. I really didn't have damage, but still uh, P14, basically last car in the lead lap. Uh, Sunday fixed. Uh, three of us ran. Uh, Tyler Conroy, guess what? He wins again. His ninth win of the year. Uh, this time he he got the pole, I believe, and basically you know stayed in the top three to top five, you know, the whole race. Uh, I think there was one time that he fell back through a cycle of stops or something, but had to work his way back up there. But uh, yeah, he won again. I uh, again P fourteen. Uh, this time I was involved in four other cautions that were, had nothing to do with me. They were just wrecks up in front of me and I could miss it kind of thing. Four different times, four X each time, you know, I did rally pretty good, uh, back to that P14. Uh, David Flowers also ran with us, another teammate. And, uh, I don't recall where he finished, but it wasn't, uh, I, I don't, Actually, I want to say that maybe he had a good run for, I think it was, what was it, P6? Is that what you guys remember? Yeah. I think David he said finished it was his up best P6 finish ever. And, yeah, in NIS. Yeah, he is completely stoked. I was on one last night talking to him about it. Yeah, P6. Yeah, and I think he was up as, yeah, I remember now. I was watching the end of his race, too. 
I watched, I think, the last few laps. He was running like fourth at that point on the last restart. I think he fell to sixth, but was able to hold him off. Uh, great run for David. Good job. Yeah, good for him. Um, He's that, been that struggling. Always, yeah, yeah, he has. So, that you know, that's a good shot to the confidence. Um, and you know, hopefully he can carry some of that into these next uh, bunch of races coming up. Well, he's been running with us several weeks, and he basically blows an engine every time in some kind of wreck. Every time. And this is like the first one he's finished without doing that. And guess what? It's a P6. You know, great run. That That's the story of of the lower splits in NIS, because that's exactly how I worked at Bristol. I didn't blow up. I got uh, fourth. And uh, when I blow up, I get middle of the pack. Uh, but I was talking to David last night. Uh, he he experienced what I, I know I talked a few podcasts about uh, ago about uh, that Mike is a is a real good motivator, but at the same time that really gets the adrenaline going. It kind of gets the nerves up when you're not used to Mike Mike really riding on you. And he he said he got a little nervous with with Mike rooting him on, knowing that he was being watched. But he hadn't experienced that before. I personally love it, so he'll get used to it. Yeah, I was telling him in there, yeah, hold the bottom, you know, keep the bottom lane. They're looking low, you know. I was I was spotting him, you know, basically as a spotter at that point. Yeah, and uh, maybe it's a little pressure, but I think that's how you become a better driver is when you get a different perspective like that. Uh, and hopefully, I think I actually helped him hold some spots. I, I'm not sure he would have had finished P6 if I wasn't there. Uh, he probably would have fell back a couple more. Absolutely. There's plenty of... Plenty of wealth to, to share around that doesn't have to be Tyler getting all the wins. We can get some top fives and top tens, too. Yeah, and uh, I was pretty not real happy with my runs at uh, Richmond. It was just tight, and you know, I just sucked off, too. Sometimes I could spin off, too. It felt loose on the late exit, but real tight through the middle. Uh, I'm glad to move on to Chicagoland, and that's not my best track, either, but I'm just glad because I'm done with Richmond. I'm done, done, done. All right, so let's move on. Uh, let's talk about what else did we race besides NIS. Uh, I'll start out. Uh, I ran a hosted race, South Boston Trucks. There were about 30 guys in there, and it was a total fun, total wreck fest. Not like we were trying to wreck each other. It's just like we're trying to get around the track, and and the spotter is just going nuts. I mean, the spotter just nonstop talking because you're just flying around this bull ring in the truck and there's people wrecking everywhere all around you. And it's just amazing that you can even make a lap without touching something, you know. But you just wreck and you, it's a practice So before the race. So you just, if you get wrecked, you just, you know, come right back out and go back out. And that's the funnest part is a practice before the race. And then we ran the race. Uh, I didn't last very long there, but it was fun, though. Uh, I also ran and hosted uh, one of my new favorites, the old Daytona Gen 5 car, uh, A car with no uh, plate on it. Uh, it was open qualifying. Uh, I went out and went right up to P2 uh, in speed, and I was at the end of the open qualifying. I just jumped in the room late and uh, immediately went up to P2. There was a bunch of people in there, too. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't able to finish that. I think I uh, actually got wrecked out leading uh, at that, in that particular race. But it was, it was kind of fun to, to go in there and, and to jump up the speed boards like that on everybody. What would you guys run? 
I did some uh, good old week 13 in the in the rookie Mazdas. Uh, just a little road racing. I think, I think I'm going to get the road racing bug as the as the winter comes on. Uh, I was talking to David the other night about possibly getting a, a GT3 car, looking at maybe some of the endurance races. Uh, not fully committed to to that yet. I'm still mainly focusing on on the uh, oval cars and the NASCARs. I did get my B license with the change of a uh, change of season yesterday, so. I immediately took the Xfinity car to uh, Chicagoland. I blew up my engine in a wreck on lap seven and proceeded to get dead last and roast my I rating. So great way to start the week. But I uh, made a little comeback with the trucks last night also. I'm just trying to get more track time uh, on, on these tracks, more time on the wheel, and hopefully that will translate to uh, some more experience and better. Yeah, it is a mile and a half, so. All right, uh, let's jump into the next topic. This week's iRacing Pro Invitational Race is happening again tonight on iRacing Live. Featuring Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Blake Cock, Ben Kennedy, and more. Drivers are going to compete at Richmond in the Xfinity car. And, uh, boy, Kyle Larson, how about that? I mean, NASCAR's best talent right now, literally running for a championship in a, starting in a few days. And what is he doing? He's on iRacing. That's awesome. That is awesome. And it, it kind of surprises me, but that's cool. I'm looking, I'm going to be watching that one tonight. I'm really looking forward to that. I, I enjoyed the, uh, the, the last one they had, and uh, like I've said before, I, I hope they continue doing this and this becomes a real thing because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and NASCAR really promoted it very well last week. I hope they do that again tonight. Uh, if we can get NASCAR's core base to start watching this on Tuesdays, that would be a huge. It's a great lead-in for the peak race. And just go right into the to the peak series, so you see the best in NASCAR, and then you see the best in iRacing. I think it, it's a great setup. It's a great plan, and they're doing it right here at the beginning beginning of playoffs. I really hope it succeeds because it just makes sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do they do any advertising for the uh, for the peak antifree series? Like you know, at, at the at the end of the uh, Invitational. I'm sure they do, but uh, what I notice about advertising and marketing and social media is this event is actually getting more press than the Peak Series, which is supposed to be the, you know, the headliner, right? But uh, it's kind of the other way around because of who's in the race. Well, I think the people that are watching the Peak Series already, they're not trying to get more people watching the Peak Series. They're trying to get people to watch the NASCAR racers. And stick around for, oh, you mean you have online professionals also? Right. So I think they're trying to use the strength of the names for the lead-in. and I think it could work. So I, I'm really looking forward to see how these do. I think well, Ty, Ty Majewski hopefully is in the race again tonight. He'll be the one to beat for sure. Yeah, um, it's it's <laughs> it's going to be an interesting race tonight. Um Especially with uh, Larson coming off uh, coming off his win, um, but I'm like back back to that advertising thing. I mean, if they're not doing, I'm going to be looking for it tonight. But uh, if they're not 
uh, saying, hey, you know, you saw this, now stick around for peak. Um, well, they should be doing it. Why aren't they doing it? Well, the other – now, I don't have this link in the show notes, but I saw this right before the podcast. Bubba Wallace went live on Facebook earlier, about three hours ago, uh, on Facebook Live, showing him uh, practicing at Richmond for the race tonight. So Bubba Wallace is also in this race, and uh, he's in his rig in his living room, it looks like. Uh, he runs on the big uh, big screen TV on the wall, you know, like a living room television. Uh, I can't really see the rest of his rig. The room's dark, but uh, check that out. If you uh, go over to Bubba Wallace on Facebook, you can see what he's doing. Get ready for the event tonight. All right, uh, let's talk peak a little bit. They'll be uh, racing t- this evening, as we spoke, at uh, Chicagoland. And uh, Real follows our most recent winner. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, probably, run, probably watch this as well. Just keep it on, like you said. It's a little different for them to do the track ahead of NIS. For the most part, they've been doing the NIS week, and then on Tuesday do the track that we just finished. Where this is flipping it around, doing the track that we're just just starting. Yeah, and, I've always but, given up trying to figure out any rhyme or reason of their schedule. It doesn't match anything. <laughs> But it, it could give some lines, some strategy, something that maybe you can use during NIS this week. So definitely be keeping my eye out. I may not watch start to finish, but uh, I'll definitely tune in at some point. Yeah. Yeah, usually like to catch the end if I can. Uh, okay, let's jump to the next topics. We have a new track, guys. Snetterton. I think that's how you say that. Snetterton Circuit. I believe it's from Great Britain, is in iRacing. Uh, we got three configurations. One is, they call them, this is what they call them, the 100, 200, and 300 circuit. So it's either the 100 circuit, 200 circuit, or 300 circuit. And that number corresponds to basically how many miles the track is, one, two, or three. And uh, iRacing put up some nice high-res pictures of the track uh, shortly before the release uh, to just kind of show it off. And and, it looks pretty good. It looks really flat. Well, when you're looking at them, it kind of doesn't look very picturesque at first. Like, there's not a whole lot of trees. There's just some bushes. It's pretty flat. But the de- the detail that they're putting on the buildings now, the detail that they're putting on the colorations, you can see that the art has really has really stepped up their game. It looks good, yeah, and yeah, there is kind of a lack of, like you said, uh, physical markers. Like lots of times in a road race, you're looking for a building or a flag or a a tree, a certain tree that you see, that's where you break, you know, and you know the corner is coming. But here it's kind of just flat, and there's not a lot of landmarks around. So I, I bet it's kind of hard to figure out, where, you know, the layout of the track because of that. But, uh, yeah, they did say Greg Hill from iRacing, I think he was the audio guy, he posted up the pictures. He said, a lot of work went into this project, and we hope you all enjoy racing there. 
All right, next up, uh, the Mazda Road to 24 Shootout. We talked about this a f- couple months ago, I think it was. But, uh, hey, it's over. Congratulations to the top 20 finishers, says Kevin Bobbitt from iRacing. You best get working on your submissions. They are due by September 22nd. So the next step to the top 20 is you have to submit a video resume, so to speak. Uh, and there's some other uh, written things I have to. I think you have to submit by email and su- such. And so these guys are in for a, a pretty neat opportunity. I do believe you get to... Uh, run a real Mazda uh, race car if you end up uh, winning this thing. So what do you think? Uh, you ran some Mazda, Jason. You think uh, you could get to the point where you could uh, qualify for this thing? First off, no, I'm way <laughs> too fat. And second off, no, I'm way too slow. Right. I couldn't fit in the car, much less be fast enough. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. Release notes for two, 2017 Season 4. This is it. Um, that's why we had Week 13 was to release this release. So let's go through the, the release notes. Uh, highlights include uh, brand new cars, dirt, UMP modified, the Ferrari 488 GT3 car, now, some somebody was saying, wait, we already have this car. No, we have the Ferrari GTE car. And the other difference is one of them runs blank Payne, and the other one runs IMSA, is what I've learned. Anyway. And, and they're both overpowered. Yeah, I think there was talk already a balance of power adjustments need to, uh, or balance of performance needs to happen. Uh, brand new track configuration for Lanier. We now have dirt at Lanier. We got the Snetterton. We already talked about that. Now, Snetterton is for sale. Lanier is free content. Uh, that Everybody has that track, I believe. It comes free. And so you will get the dirt configuration for that track for free as well. That's awesome. I was hoping to have another dirt track to crash into. <laughs> yeah, so now for free, we have USA and Lanier as free dirt content. And it's a fun little circuit. I did some uh, Legends cars. Wasn't able to get in a race, but I did some open practice. And I don't know what the difference is between that and USA. I had a whole lot more fun on Lanier. I had some practice on Lanier as well. I ran a street stock and hosted in a pra- open practice. Uh, just to get some laps and see how it goes. And uh, it was a lot easier to drive than USA is. I don't know. It's because there's there's really no straightaways. You're just constantly turning. Uh, but, yeah, it was fun. Um, really enjoyed the circuit. Well, that's good to hear because I, I haven't had a chance to get out on it yet. But uh, I'm really looking forward to, to when I can, which will be which will be soon. Soon. <laughs> All right, the big one, guys, they fixed the dynamic track problem, the issue that occurred after a lone qualifying session. This effect affected everybody. I've, I've seen in the forums uh, that dirt racers are saying that the cars feel different, but iRacing staff actually jumped in and said, no, the cars haven't changed. It's, been, it's the track. It was this bug. That's what you're feeling. And uh, I had several people in the forums uh, comment about the NIS races, at Richmond, 
that the uh, upper groove was really coming in. A lot of people were using it, and it was fairly competitive compared to the bottom. Uh, I, w- I, w- I was running the top pretty much the most of the time, and people were going by me on the bottom. But, yeah, I thought it was a two-groove track, and it worked out that way. That was one of those fixes that since I had never had it, I didn't know what it would feel like. I didn't know what the difference would be. But now that I have it, man, I'm really happy they got that fixed. It it just made it a completely different race when I was running the trucks in the Xfinity in Chicagoland. Just how quickly the the bottom groove or the different grooves can lose and gain grip just over the matter of a handful of laps. I think the biggest thing I noticed about it was I felt like if you were in the main groove, it eventually got hot and slick. It felt slick, like buttery, like I feel slippery. But And then if you just get out of the groove a little bit, even a half groove, and just get your tires up or down a little bit, you could find more traction. It wasn't as slippery. And that's what I was feeling. It wasn't like I felt like the other way was faster. It felt like the main way got slicker, so it kind of forced you to move. Uh, Next up, Dirt Track Initialization Version 2.0. This is where when they randomize the state of the beginning of the session of how much dirt or how much wear is on the track, it's more of a autonomous kind of uh, way they do it. I don't know, something like that. Uh, Improvements to the event-based audio system. Updates to the new UI and time attack. Uh, Let's look through the list, see what else you guys see here we want to talk about. Dynamic track, it says the visuals for marbles have been improved. Uh, Audio, there's new rumble strip tire sounds have been created for sawtooth, ramp slab, and fine-tooth curbs for all vehicles. That's kind of cool. That audio makes a difference pretty much on almost every road car. The pace car's line for entering and exiting its pit stall has been improved. Replay, there's several small replay processing and playback enhancements to increase the accuracy of the dynamic track in a replay. Oh, I noticed this one, series signage. All NASCAR tracks have been now updated with the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series signage. So all the uh, yellow is gone, and now we have green. Nice. Oh, that's a That's a nice change. Yeah, I jumped into Pocono right after the release came out. And sure enough, the first thing I saw is right at the start-finish line, uh, Monster Cup Energy right on the uh, wall at the start-finish instead of the normal yellow banner. It's now kind of a black and green. So are we going to get those Monster Energy girls uh, jumping up and down when we win? Yeah, we need a we need a pit like a victory lane. That would be cool that you could drive into it and park. Is that before or after day-night transitions? Or NASCAR overtime? (laughs) Uh, Let's see what else. 
Virtual reality, they fixed an issue causing a white flash when transitioning out of a session. There's a little telemetry update uh, talking about a new variable that uh, indicates if a car is on your left or right, and it's going to help those spotter packs, especially if you're on a track that doesn't go the traditional turn left oval. Uh, so the spotter packs may be able to use that new variable to become even better than they already are. Good point. They got some work to do then. Uh, lots of changes to the new UI. New UI. I'm not going to get into those because I don't really, I, I don't still don't use the new UI. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I kind of hope they keep the website going, but who knows uh, what, how that's going to go. Uh, and lots of little tweaks to all the various cars as well. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of them uh, got touched. Basically sounds. Uh, a lot of the uh, cars have issues with uh, weight distribution that have been adjusted. Uh, setups have been updated for NASCAR uh, cars. And on and on it goes. Uh, a good release. What do you guys think? Uh, well, I just noticed another little... This is kind of funny. Right at the very bottom, they talk about Texas Motor Speedway, and they say the pace car driver has received additional training on this track and should enter pit lane with a better line and park in a better location. So, you know, whoever got out there and trained the pace car driver, good on them. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of jerky as it goes in and out of its stall. I think that's what they're talking about. They kind of clean that up. The one right above it, Talladega, is also a little humor. Should no longer clip the trioval grass. Should obey the pit road speed limit and will no longer park sideways. <laughs> well, well, it's about time they reined in those uh, pace car drivers because, you know, they've been uh, Richard Pettying it up for uh, quite some time now. Right any crazier and you'll just have to start picking people from the bottom split and have them be the pace car driver so an unpublished change that was found right away on the forums uh was different lollipop guy um he looks different like uh he's not a white guy he's an african-american guy now um and greg hill actually put it in the forums uh, with this build, we replaced the heads on the pit crew with photo scans head, photo scanned heads of real people. The former crew also had different heads, but the differences were less significant as they were not photo scanned. So now, when you look at your lollipop guy, this is a real guy. This is like somebody's real face. So that's cool. Yeah, that's kind of a neat little change. Equal opportunity, uh, I guess, is what you would say. I don't know. But uh, anyway, it's cool. Uh, I think it looked better. I, I think I told my teammate uh, when I first saw it, it looked like he was actually sweating. Like you could see the the wetness on his face, uh, you know, because it was hot and he was sweating. It looked very realistic. And I didn't know that it was actually a scan of somebody's real face when I saw it, when I was describing that, oh, it looks like he's sweating. Uh, another change that happened um, that was not documented was you can now only take left tires or right side tires. 
you can't do individual tires. So if you go into the the F five uh, box where you change tires, there is not four check marks anymore. There's only two. There's one for the left and there's one for the right. So if you just want to change the left front, you're out of luck. Not that there were many situations where you actually only wanted to change the left front. It was you didn't click the box fast enough. Well, back in the day, I actually had this friend I ran with who was trying to be a crew chief. And there were times he would have me change one tire. And it would actually at times work back then in the day. Uh, so, yeah, you'd be surprised. But, uh, yeah, I, hadn't, I haven't done that for a long time. But it's gone. You can't do it anymore. All right, next let's talk about the aftermath of a build. Whenever you put out a major build, there's an aftermath. Well, a big part of that was a lot of people are not able to launch a race session after the build. There were a lot of different threads on the forum with people uh, throwing up error messages and can't get into races. And um, it turns out that there's a Microsoft library of DLLs that iRacing assumed would be installed on your Windows machine and it should be if you're up to date on Windows either Windows 7 or Windows 10 and all these people that had the error message they didn't they did they were not updated they didn't have those library DLLs and I'll explain a little bit later exactly what happened uh, we do have an explanation but we had a lot of people that couldn't launch the sim because of that so they ended up putting out a hot fix right away, uh, version 1, uh, to fix that. And then they put out actually a hot fix number 2 as well. And so I think it was within three days we had two hot fixes there. Uh, there were also problems with the member site, the, the website as well, uh, where there were some performance problems for certain people. Apparently, I did not experience that, but I did see uh, iRacing talking about it. Uh, one of the fixes was uh, one guy was shown registered for a race that happened two days ago, and he was still showing in that same race. Um, so what happened is they cleaned out the database. One of the database administrator apparently cleaned out some old records, according to Jason Breifogel from iRacing. And uh, that fixed it so those people could get into the session. And so there was some kind of problem with that. In summary, the big problem uh, David Tucker actually wrote about after the fact, after he got everything fixed, after the two hot patches. And I'm going to quote uh, a quick quote here from him about what happened. He says, Here is the story of the disastrous last two days on iRacing. This was brought about by a wide range of events that came together to cause some serious frustration for a lot of our users. We did not fully understand this, and so we inadvertently linked to a third-party library that used this latest code from Microsoft. We tested the code carefully, but unfortunately, our testers all managed to have the systems that were up-to-date, so the problem did not come up. On top of that, I managed to break the script 
that is supposed to install these shared libraries if you are missing them, basically guaranteeing that this would fail for most of our users. Together, those two lead to a massive blackout on iRacing and a really bad couple of days for everyone. So the fix was to update your Windows and you would get the libraries you wanted. That was the fix before the hotfix, but then the hotfix actually fixed it where it would install what you needed if it was missing. So, yeah, we do rely on Windows. I think everybody forgets that. iRacing only works on Windows, so and only certain versions of Windows, like 64-bit, Windows 7, or Windows 10, and that's basically it. Nothing else is supported. All right, did you guys have any of these problems, or...? I was not on the service uh, as soon as the uh, build came out, so I ended up dodging most of this, thankfully. Yeah, I, I'm up to date, apparently, so I'm okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as Jason. I've, uh, I, I haven't uh, logged in since last Thursday, actually. Well, I got to say, iRacing did a good job reacting to the problem and getting it corrected fairly quickly. I mean, they did a, a really good job of you know, fixing it. Obviously, David made a mistake, uh, you know, when that he even admitted, you know, in writing that he forgot to do one thing to check for those libraries, uh, you know, and they made an assumption that the Windows was going to be fully intact for everybody, but they forget about the people that don't update their Windows, you know, and those people out there that are not on the latest version, those are the guys that had problems. And this post, this apology, and this explanation, if you ask me, this is way beyond anything I would expect from a development company. I mean, this is above and beyond being as transparent, as honest, and admitting how miserable it was for them, too. That is, is not just players that were frustrated. So uh, if you ask me, this is another thing that makes the staff great, that they, they're comfortable posting this, and they're comfortable talking to their their community this way yeah i think i think it was a it was good because there were a lot of people that were affected and they want an explanation and this is the truth you know let's just call a spade a spade you know when they had all those server problems and the connection problems and all that and we were getting all the you know the dns attacks and all those different things they were real open and honest about that stuff too, and so yeah, I don't, I kind of expect it these days. But uh, yeah, kudos to David Tucker for uh, being, you know, letting us know exactly how that how that went down. All right, next up, featured time attack series. You could actually win cash running time attack now. So they've featured the Ferrari GTE on fixed, Xfinity car on fixed, and the 410 Sprint car. Prizes include first place $1,000 U.S. cash, not iRacing credits, cash. Second place $500 in iRacing credits. Third place $250 in iRacing credits. Plus three random selections for participants who complete the full-time attract Time attack on all tracks receive $100 in credits each of the three featured series. 
So there'll be random winners as well. And that is how you get people to do time attack. Yep. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, I should probably try to look and see if participation has changed. Uh, but yeah, this is put some money out there, and it's exactly what they did. The fixed setup is also new. They were all open setups at first when they were testing, and uh, the number of tracks in a single time attack, it was like 20 different tracks. So it was hard to complete all of them. I personally haven't looked at these yet, but I believe it, it mentioned that it, it's going to have only up to four tracks for each of the series. So that's going to make it a lot easier, A, to participate, and it'll, it'll make those winners even better because they're going to be focusing on those same tracks. Yep. Yeah, money out there, guys. Go get it. Uh, I like the. I think time attack should have been fixed the whole time because that's the whole idea. You're competing against somebody in the same equipment on the same track at the same temperature. It really boils down to who's the better driver. That's what it's all about, right? I'm fine with open with open setup being included. I wasn't fine with it being open open setup only. Giving us both options, and in these featured series, like the 410 Sprint Car is not fixed. So, I mean, it's not real complicated to set up those dirt dirt cars, but it's not a fixed setup. And I think solving the puzzle of, a, of an open setup still takes some skill, and I, I respect that some people are good at that. I'm not, so I refrain. <laughs> I might jump in the Xfinity car and try that. I don't have the dirt sprint car, but uh, yeah, maybe I'll try this this week and just put down a lap. At least that uh, that I can be in the uh, drawing, you know, for the uh, random winner. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely have to see what tracks these are at. Yep, and I guess I'll look at the new UI. You know, that's the only way to run Time Attack is in the new UI. So. Everybody should have a uh, shortcut on your desktop by now. Um, we've had a couple builds that it's asked to put it on there. Um, so if you haven't put it on there, you should have done that already. And that's how you get in the new UI. Next up, more and more and more talk about how should we change the NIS series on the forums. Uh, we, we talked a couple weeks ago, Dusty Rhodes was trying to gather some support for some changes on a thread. Uh, we got another poll that came up. Would you like to see this certain system that this guy dreamed up uh, implemented about incidents and uh, getting people booted more quickly out of these races, uh, disqualified for too many incidents? Uh, the voting is in. 73% said no, leave it the way it is. And 27% said, yes, I think it could work. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm on the no side of this as well because it says, you know, hey, if you uh, if you end up getting dis disqualified because too many uh, uh, incident points, then you, get, uh, you can't race the next week either. Now, <laughs> you can pretty much kill the NIS series uh, with that right there. Yeah, and that's why I brought this to everyone's attention. It, there's so many bad ideas in these forums. I, and I'm not kidding. There's another thread that I don't even have listed here that where people are going back and forth on ideas of what to change. 
um, somebody was making a laundry list. Okay, let's give it a laundry list of what we want changed. I actually uh, replied to that, and I said NASCAR overtime um, and so forth. And everybody's got an idea, but the, none of them are really good. I, I, I really think they need to leave it alone. I hope they do. I hope they do. I, I am also on the no side of this vote, and my my main thing is like this is not only proposing punishments for getting disqualified, but is also saying to decrease the limit from 17 to 12 incidents at all tracks except Daytona and Talladega. Now, I don't know why those two tracks would be excluded. It seems like there's more tra- more wrecks on those two tracks, but. Uh, not only making some permanent, more permanent punishment as far as like suspended a race, uh, effectively, I I just think it's too strong. It's not the right fix. This is going about wanting to exclude people. We need to have ways to help people improve. How can we help people improve their car control and reduce the number of wrecks? And I don't think it is. I don't think the solution is by not letting them race. Right. Yeah, another thread here John Hammer put up. He's trying to keep a a running list of proposed ideas for the 2018 season, including longer warm-up, move Wednesday open up one hour, and Friday one hour later, uh, time changes, uh, practice servers with correct weather, uh, incident cap stricter, uh, and then no incident cap is another idea, reduce the amount of races, add a Saturday morning race add another eastern uh, european server time increase the car count increase the race length some people leave everything as is change the iRacing radio voice and chat and so on so uh yeah there's lots of talk if you want to get involved uh please uh you know put out your opinion because that's you know if if you don't like something out there and nobody says anything then people think that's what we want so voice your opinion now, didn't uh, John Hammer do this uh, last year? Um, I remember hearing about it. Uh, I could be wrong about uh, the timing of it, but... Uh, yeah, he did. There were a couple things that he actually came up with that actually were implemented, I think. Uh, and if you, if you recall, last at the beginning of the season, they were actually going to make drastic changes, and they ended up putting it back because nobody liked it. Yeah, yeah. Now, I like, I like how... Uh, like John goes about it, he, he really, uh, you know, it's it's really thought out and, um, you know, gets everybody involved and just takes the top couple of things and and uh, poses it to iRacing to see what can happen with that. So, oh, maybe, maybe we get some good changes. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, no, no, uh, you know, being suspended for a whole week because you wrecked out the week before. I I don't like that idea. I really think iRacing learned some lessons at the beginning of this season about not changing the NIS because they really saw what happens when when the, it's not popular. Uh, hopefully they learn that. I think Tyler's there now, and and uh, I hope they don't change anything drastically based on what people want. Because I, I, we've really built this up. It's historical now. We historically run these races on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Sunday night, you know. I don't want to see that change. I think one of the best ideas on this list is actually in the small text at the top. Have the 2018 series be considered a 
a featured series that gives iRacing credits reward to your top finishers in each division. I think I was actually surprised when I first started re- researching iRacing that the NIS series didn't do that already. This is your 36-week series. I thought there would be some sort of monetary incentive, even if it's just iRacing credits. I think that's an outstanding idea. Now, of course, that involves money, so I don't know how much the community can cry for, for money as opposed to like asking for a different race time, but I think that's an outstanding idea. Well, and us NIS people, we're not getting participation credits like you do when you run 13 weeks uh, type or 12 week uh, type schedules. Those people get participation credits. So I, and those people that don't run those, like me, I, we don't get them. That would be cool to have. Extremely valid point. Yeah, yeah, I think you're onto something there. Um, yeah, maybe you run like. Uh, you know, 30 races out of the, uh, out of the season and, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, you get the, you get uh, stiff, yeah, or something. Yeah. 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 A little something, something. <laughs> so you can buy a free car or something. Yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, I run just as much as those people that run the 12 weeks, uh, schedules just as much. So there's no reason I shouldn't get a, a spiff or something. All right, let's jump into the next topic. David Tucker uh, who's a brilliant person on iRacing staff. He put up some really good tidbits here about the physics of iRacing and our, uh, our founder, David, David Kamer is his name. And I want to read just a couple quotes because it really, uh, it's really interesting what he's talking about, about iRacing. So let me read this. I'm not trying to suggest that we don't have lots of areas we could improve. In fact, there are whole regions we have not even begun to explore, like modeling an engine at stall. But if you plotted out the tire forces over time, as they are now, and compared them to the improved model with flat spotting and better heat handling and so on, you would see there's actually very little difference in the trace. The changes would be small. The model is close to correct now, so any improvement would in fact be disincremental. Now, I'm going to rephrase that in English. He's saying that the tire model is spot on. It's very close to where it needs to be. And at this point, they're still working on it, but it's just the little details of it. You know, the bulk of the work is done. That's what he's trying to say. All right, I'm going to go back into quote here. Now these incremental improvements can still feel great and the small errors can add up over time, but David is working on fourth and fifth order stuff, not the gross shape of the curve. I find that whenever I go to David with a genius idea on how we can improve the tires, that not only has he thought about my idea, but he's at least five steps beyond me and usually way over my head. Any flaws you see in the tire... He both knows about already and has a plan on how to get rid of it. Sometimes that is a matter of tweaking a number, but usually it means modeling yet another sub-molecular force or, or other thing that goes beyond my college physics. Unfortunately, he is well past looking up curves from a book. It takes time, lots of time, to develop new models or to tweak the existing models. So just a little insight into what goes on 
with the guy who's designing the tires and the, the dynamic track and all that. Pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Kind of hard to get a, a, a grasp of what these guys do for a living. They are, at the end of the day, developers, right? They're developing software code. But David Kamer, he's, he's somewhere different than a developer. He's not only a developer, but he's working on these physics projects is really what they are. Pretty cool. All right. Uh, next up, we have a topic on Facebook, iRacers Driving's World, Driver's World. Uh, ben Morrison put up a video of the brand new uh, modified car, dirt car, on the linear pavement, and he's burning this thing sideways around this track. He's got this thing dead sideways through the corners, uh, smoking the tires. This is a pretty cool car, even on pavement. It's just a neat video to watch. This is someone that knows what knows what they're doing, and how he's able to control that car is amazing. Yeah, I saw some other pictures on Facebook somebody posted where that left front is up off the ground if they're going through the corner correctly. Um, and you're running the car literally on three tires through the corner. All right, next topic, uh, iRacing Live, which uh, does the broadcasting for the peak race and so forth, does not work well with Internet Explorer, apparently. There's been a, some posting about that. You know, Google Chrome or, you know, Firefox, Mozilla, that's the way to go, people. You shouldn't be using Internet Explorer anymore. If you are, you're a loser, okay? Even Microsoft Edge is better. Uh, exactly. Uh, you got to remember, Internet Explorer is not supported by Microsoft anymore. It is not secure. It should not be used for iRacing or any purposes. You need to get an updated browser, people. That's so irritating that it, I see people still using that. Next is a uh, reminder about world's fastest gamer series has actually started today this morning you can actually go on to iRacing anybody can go to race now at the top of the web page on the left pick the drop down and select mclaren's world fastest gamer and they're at suzuka in the mclaren mp4 and it looks like they're running races uh every nine hours and so you can jump in and be part of the uh, the fun and see if you guys can uh, you know race for as the world's fastest gamer. Hey Jason, you jumping in on this? Uh, you got your road racing legs now. <laughs> <laughs> now I've done a uh, the Formula One car once during the test drive thing. Uh, this is a test. I can't even get around the track in one of these cars. I mean, it's hard. Uh, yeah, you better know what you're doing to, to jump in this. Remember, the winner at the end of this deal is going to get a one-year contract at McLaren to be their sim racing driver. 
should be bringing out the big guns, the big big guns. Yeah, I'm sure it will. So uh, I'm anxious to. I actually want to take a look at the results and see uh, how people are doing there, what kind of names are at the top. All right, let's jump into hardware. We got one topic, and that is my new favorite piece of hardware that I want. And it's called the Sim Experience AccuForce Direct Drive Wheel Version 2. And this thing is awesome. And inside Sim Racing, uh, John over there has put up a great YouTube video about 30 minutes long where he reviews this thing from head to toe. Uh, shows him using the wheel. He talks about how to use the software, how to set it up. Uh, the setup of the wheel with the software looked really kind of scary to me, to tell you the truth. Um, I'm definitely going to have to refer to uh, people like John or other resources on the Internet on what buttons to push, so to speak, to set this thing up. Because there's a million different settings that you can tweak and adjust uh, with the uh, Sim Experience uh, wheel as a uh, software that they have. And he actually goes through that in detail and talks about how he uh, decided to set it up and the process he went through to get it set up how he wanted it. You can actually tweak it and have different settings based on cars or even tracks. And you can load up a different profile even for different games. You might have a different profile for a set of Corsa versus iRacing and so forth so it's got a lot of flexibility as far as that goes it looked a little intimidating like i said but i guess i could probably figure it out because the wheel looks awesome i love the red it's black and red it's got red buttons on it and this looks sturdy as can be um but yeah i'm very excited about this wheel i want to get one this will probably be my next purchase um, to my system would be this particular wheel. I love it. So what do you guys think? This is next level. Now, I'm not one to talk because of my wheel, which is awful, but this is absolutely next level. There are some really cool things this thing looks like it can do. Yep. Yeah, my wallet just jumped off my desk and slapped me in the face. Um, <laughs> this this is something else. This is what a what a nice piece of hardware. Um, I didn't get to look at that uh, video, but I I did was able to kind of catch some of the uh, some of the settings and stuff. And <laughs> holy crap, you know you know you got to spend you know, get a freaking degree in how to to set this thing up. But nonetheless, it's a worthwhile venture. It's got a great. Uh, quick disconnect thing too um, like and it's solid it's like a proper NASCAR uh, disconnect uh, you can see it right at the end of the video about the 2530 mark but that's that's important to me on my next wheel too this G27 I've had I have I, it doesn't come off and it's always in the way if I'm trying to do something else on the computer besides racing uh, it's not too bad in the way, but it would be nice if it came off. And, I, and the next wheel I get definitely needs to come off. So uh, this just looks solid, everything about it. 
Yeah, I was drooling for sure as I went through this video the other day. Uh, kudos to John uh, from uh, Inside Sim Racing for uh, getting the wheel and doing the review. I do appreciate that personally. Uh, he already has 30,000 views on this video. Um, so pretty cool. Let's talk uh, real life racers. Crossover from the iRacing world. Guess who? Ty Majeski is our one guy this week. He actually posted up a picture of his iRacing setup that we were kind of laughing at before the podcast. Uh, it's so Jason, sad. Tell me, Jason, tell me what he's got here. He has a laptop. Uh, and he a little set laptop. A little laptop, like a 13-inch monitor. Uh, it looks like he's got the website up at that time, but there's no monitors in view of this picture that he would be using otherwise. He has his steering wheel clamped to the desk, and he's got the pedals under the desk. Uh, I don't even see a back on his chair. Yeah. No headset, no microphone, nothing else. I don't even see the gear shift. He's probably doing paddles. And the other thing about the picture is, I, and I always forget, this this kid's young. He's very young. I mean, you looking at him from the back, he looks like he's 14. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, like his chin is touching the top of the steering wheel. Yeah, very small guy. Very, very young. He looks younger from the back than he does from the front, but... Yeah, I was kind of, like, shocked about his setup. And I have heard about his setup before, but I've never actually seen a picture of it until this one. Now, you can see this on his Facebook page. Now, I see two other monitors in this picture not being used. One quick cable, and you got a much better screen. Come on! Yeah, he should know about that. All right. Like, this is... It's just sad. <laughs> I was telling Jason, I you know, he's on, destroying he people more than that. Better. Yeah, he needs to have something better than this. Come on, somebody throw this guy a bone. He works for Roush Racing. How does he not have a proper setup? They have air wrenches more expensive than that. Right. Wow. Anyway, uh, nice rig, Ty. Well, you know, maybe it's like, okay, uh, you know, we got a day off, but we're, we're kind of practicing. I got 15 or, you know, half an hour in between stuff here. I'm just going to quickly whip open the laptop, get a quick race in there, maybe get my, my legs for this track that I'm, I'm trying to, to get to, or yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll a, go with that. Yeah, maybe it's his mobile setup he takes with him or something. Uh, he did post up, hey, can't wait for Thursday to drive the 99 trio-sponsored Cunningham Motorsports ARCA car at Chicagoland. So Ty will be racing Thursday and two days from now uh, in the ARCA race. And he's got another ride with a different team, a different team from when he last won that we talked about last week. So uh, he's been jumping team to team uh, in whatever ride he can get. And uh, that's good. And I'm excited to see if he can win again. Uh, final story on him was uh, another announcement by Lionel Racing, diecast company, 
They've actually decided to put out the Bit O Honey car that Ty Bajeski has run in the uh, Xfinity series. Uh, you can get a one by twenty four version of this car, actually autographed by Ty, for forty four dollars ninety nine cents on their website under pre order. So they also have still for sale, and we talked about this on a previous podcast, the iRacing diecast Xfinity car with the iRacing sponsorship on it. The number 60 Roush Racing car is also for sale at $44.99. I'd love to have one of these for my den just to sit on the shelf. I kind of sent a picture of it to my wife to kind of get her, give her an idea. All right, that's it. Uh, let's get into final topics, final thoughts. T- Tony Groves, what do you got? Well, um, <clears throat> with my uh, my my race this week, um, you know, tough ending, um, but it was still a lot of fun. It was nice to finally get back in. And with that being said, I got to sit out again. One more Chicago Land. I don't have the track, um, but I will have every track for the rest of the season. So. One more little hurdle, and then uh, it's off to the races for me. Yeah, there'll be nine weeks left after Chicago, and then we jump right into the uh, Road to Pro Series. It'll be happening every Tuesday night, uh, and that'll be our new uh, team event, so to speak, that we'll be running on Tuesdays. Uh, try to get, see if you have all the tracks for that, because uh, we'll certainly be doing that in the off season. Yeah, I'm really excited about uh, doing that as well, just for uh, hopefully a little bit of bragging rights. Yeah. All right, uh, Jason Daniels, final thoughts. Definitely looking forward to Chicagoland and just really trying to keep my head up. I know it feels like I'm just spinning my wheels, middle of the pack wreck, middle of the pack wreck, but I'm really getting more track time in this week. I'm already feeling better about it. Uh, I think unlocking the Xfinity cars as far as getting my B license, that's going to give me some more track time in a more similar car than the truck is to the cup car. So I'm hoping that helps me out as well. And just going to keep out, keep at the grind. I'm not racing for points or anything since I started uh, mid-season. I'm just going to keep at it. Yep. Yeah, it's, oh. a, it's a good time to be in iRacing uh, right now, I think, with the new release and everything. Also, the podcast is making its return to YouTube. Uh, This week we'll be going up on YouTube once we're finished recording here. So I've been doing a lot more YouTube things for the podcast as well. Feel free to leave some comments over there with what you see on YouTube. Definitely looking for anything to help improve the production for you guys. Nice. All right. Yeah, and uh, we've been doing the podcast weekly for quite some time now. It's been... Uh, a lot of content we've cycled through, and uh, boy, it seems like every week we have tons of stuff to talk about. So I've been real happy about that. Uh, thanks for everybody who participates in the podcast. My final thoughts is really, you know, wow, Kyle Larson's going to be on iRacing tonight, and I'm going to watch it, and that's going to be fun. And it's going to be very similar to watching real NASCAR. And boy, I'd love to see the NASCAR fan base embraced this. We talked about last week how Dale Jr. was talking about iRacing should be the fourth 
NASCAR series, you know, and really promote it as such. And boy, wouldn't that be cool? It, this is really the next step. It's so cool to see NASCAR's best. Uh, Kyle Larson, who's running for a championship starting this week, taking time out of his busy schedule to do this, probably because he wants to, probably because it's fun, probably because it's really competitive and he's going to get his ass beat, you know. And that's what's awesome is he's doing it because it's it's fun, and that's why we always all do it too, uh, because it is so hard. I mean, if it was easy, nobody would do it. No, and Kyle Larson, sure, Kyle Larson, he certainly wouldn't be doing it tonight if it wasn't fun, if it was easy, if it was uncompetitive. He wouldn't be there because uh, that's he's a racer, you know, and we all know that and we see that when he races. Uh, this kid's going to win the championship, I'm pretty sure, this year, and here he is running uh, for our pleasure and for his own. So pretty cool. I'm real excited about that. Uh, excited to get out of Richmond and move on to Chicagoland. Uh, We'll see how that goes, uh, but you know it's not my best track. But I'm really happy to get out of Richmond. That's for sure. Uh, I guess that's it. So with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.